morning, everyone. Um, for the tape, it's the 1st of March, 2015. Um, we did, towards the end of last year, we did some things about covenants. And this is kind of a step towards a follow-on of that. A little bit in regards to called introduction to the law and what's not on my notes is I'm going to have to backtrack because since Adam and Eve fell in the garden and they inherited a sin nature God has always been trying to patch it up through the history of the Old Testament because sin is so devastatingly sinful to the point that there may have not been a virgin on the earth this is a for the prophecy of the Messiah to be born through the world was such a mess that God saved Noah and his family and the flood covered the earth and no one except the animals on the ark Noah and his family were saved and everyone else was washed away because sin had got so bad so wicked there's a scripture in Matthew which says that as it was in the days of Noah so will it be in the last days so will it be in the last days so we haven't yet come to the place we know how wicked the world is today or maybe we don't some of us and, and I don't think we should go in our imagination to imagine the wickedness of the world because I can guarantee it's worse than we can imagine but we don't need to mess our head up with that but sin is desperately wicked and the author of that sin is destined to want to take as many people as he can into the, the finished fire of the lack of judgment. Sin got so bad that God had to put something together to bring about a set of laws, a set of directions, a set of um, foundational truths that he's saying you can't cross this don't do this, don't do that don't do these other things because if you do I'm telling you it's going to mess you up and there's a, a whole I mean the Torah, the five books of the law the first five books written by Moses in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 it's called the chapter of the blessings and the curses I don't know if you've ever read it. 
I read it again over the last few days. And I think it's really important that us as a church, we as individuals, need to recognise... Not Listen, I'm not dancing around in the law because to make you feel bad. Because I tell you, as you know, we're free from the law, but to help us appreciate what we've got, we need to go back to what, what people had when they didn't have what we've got. That's not a conundrum. Did it sound, do you understand what I'm saying? Let's appreciate what we've got by knowing what we've been taken out of, knowing what we've got ahead of us, so Deuteronomy, there's a bit of reading to do, and I've tried my hardest to not to get involved here, but uh, get involved. I'm going to read the first 14 verses, and I'll ask Denise to come and read the second half, and we'll put it down on the tape so that people can hear it when they listen to it. Uh, in the, on the iPod um, and hear it because when you read it you don't get it and you, when you hear it you get it in two different ways of what the word's saying and I want us to recognise this is not pointing fingers we're free from this but it's still the truth if you're under the law okay so in Deuteronomy 28 Verses 1 to 14, I think it is. <clears throat> I got the easier bit. It says this. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and in the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall, be, shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way, and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on, on you in your storehouses and in all which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord God has given you. The Lord will establish you as, his whole, as holy people unto himself. Just as he has sworn to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. 
And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give you rain, to work your hand, to tend. You shall lend to many nations, you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, we shall command you today, and you are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from all the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, or to go after any other gods to serve them. That's the first part of the blessings. Denise, would you come and read away? But it shall come to pass, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall you be cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks. Cursed shall you be when you come in, and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send on you cursing, confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever with the sword, with scorching and with mildew they shall pursue you until you perish and your heavens which are over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you shall be iron the Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust from the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed the Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies you shall go one way against them and flee seven ways before them and you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth your carcasses shall be food for all the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth and no one shall frighten them away the Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt with tumours, with the scab, with the itch from which you cannot be healed The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart. And you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall be only oppressed and plundered continually. And no one shall save you. How far shall I go? You shall betroth a wife, but another man shall lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather gather its grapes. 
Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Your donkey shall be violently taken away from before you and shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people and your eyes shall look and fail with longing for them all day long and there shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known shall eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labour and you shall be only oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils which cannot be healed and from the sole of your foot to the top of your head. The Lord will bring you and the king whom you set over you to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known and there you shall serve other gods wood and stone. You shall become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locusts shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them. You shall, not, you shall neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout all your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. You shall beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours, for they shall go into captivity. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher among, above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes when he commanded you. All right, it goes on. There's another 20 verses. This is what we've been redeemed from. For the most part, Israel is still trying to organise and work through their system in their lives to keep God happy, to stop this curse coming into their lives. God gave the Ten Commandments. Israel made 300 plus, I think it's 631 laws that have come from the Ten Commandments, talking about things that we shouldn't do and should do in order to keep God um, happy, for the want of a better word. And what happened, you see, because... In all this, what God did was start up a sacrificial system, which is all in the books of the law. So if you go and do something wrong and steal something, then you need to go and find a particular animal, bring the animal to the priest, 
tell the priest what he did. Then the animal sacrificed. It's blood's put on the mercy seat. And you can go free. Also for lots of things within our lives. For instance, when a woman gave birth, she was considered unclean. And on the sixth day, she had to go and get pigeons or turtle doves and bring them to the priest at the temple and he would sacrifice them and the blood would have to be put on the mercy seat to atone for the uncleanliness and there's lots of political laws social laws dietary laws judges in regard to the court system and sexual laws and they're all in this book these five books and what God did he was making people aware the Jews at the time because sin is so reckless so selfish so greedy so abhorrent that it would just completely carry on going down and spiralling down into what it is So consequently, what you had was a temple system of people going to the priests because they made mistakes, they did something wrong, they didn't do it honestly, they didn't do it with integrity, whatever it might have been, and they would have to go and buy the animals, the birds, what they needed to take to the priest so that priest could sacrifice the animal and they could be forgiven. Now, the forgiveness would last as long as until they did something else wrong. I can see it being a part of the daily life of people and families. Oh, I'm just going to do this. Shouldn't do that. Don't go. I'm going to do it. And then go and get myself a couple of animals because I've got to go. I've got... And I'll meet you down at the priests. I'll meet you in the queue as we go and sacrifice these animals. It was a way of life over 1,500 years, passed down. Everyone just trying... And, and this is designed by God, remember, so that people could be managed, so that their behaviour could be kept... Under the uh, under some kind of moral cage to stop them going absolutely wild and into all sorts of debauchery and <laughs> mess. And God put that in to practice so he could people could manage because we just go back into the same old trash. And we're seeing it in the world around us today. People killing people for all sorts of menial, silly stuff. But it's, not, it's nothing new. So the priest that we know in church, God sat there, and there would be queues, I can imagine, 100,000 people long. From the break of day till the sun goes down at night, bringing animals and sacrificing them 
and burning different bits of them. It was like an abattoir. Do you know what an abattoir is? It's like a slaughterhouse. So the God's priests were covered on the floor, walking in congealed blood. The robes were all full of bloodstains. It was manky and sticky, smelly. Horrible thought. That's sin. That's sin on the outside. But that's what we're like on the inside with the sinful nature. That's on the outside what it takes to try and keep us in some kind of order. And not killing ourselves. That God's temple is turned into an abattoir. A slaughterhouse so that we can be kept reasonably happy and content. Imagine that priest. Well, there's a whole tribe, Levi, that were the priesthood. And they all had their jobs within the priesthood of getting the animals, cutting them, putting different parts of the animals. They were given to people, they were given to the priests, were allowed some of the bigger things anyway, the lambs and the goats. Different parts were given to the, 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 the priests, were allowed some of it. And, you know, a good portion is put onto the fire. So there was a constant fire going on of burnt entrails being going up into the sky. And the smell must have been awful. Or nice, depending, you know, if you like Burger King. But this is the consequence of sin. A whole system put in place to keep sin, sinful man, in some kind of manageable order. Remember, this isn't on Israel. The world is going out doing all its own stuff anyway. We're talking about Israel. And without him, We'd just be doing the same thing today. Get Galatians 3.13. Just put a lid on this bit. Go from verse 10, Rich. This is written. This is in the Bible, church, right? For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all the things which are written in the book of the law for them to do. So, all the things I, I read. With the blessings of God. But if you didn't do the things that Denise read, you would be cursed. And then you'd have to run and go and get an animal to make it right, to organise it, to tidy it all up again. But someone had to die all the time for our wrongdoings, be it a pigeon, be it a dove, be it a lamb, be it a goat. That people, animals were dying and being slaughtered. 
Next switch. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith and courage. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Next verse. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. Everything that happened to the animals, Jesus took it on board in him. This is why Jesus died. And not just the things that we see, the physical problems, but remember this death brought, it was about shame and guilt. It was about condemnation and low esteem. All the things that are in us, that are keeping us down and stuff. Stepping out and being ourselves, Jesus redeemed us. He put it all in Him when He died. I want us to realise that this grace that we've got, we shouldn't ever take lightly. It, it does have a, a, an open door to it, almost. And in our attitude, we give it an open door attitude. Oh, it's, it's God's grace, I can, I can do this, and I can do that. It's okay, because I'm covered by the grace of God. God's, the blood of Jesus is always sanctifying me. I've been sanctified, or his sacrifice has been once and for all. But that doesn't mean that we can carry on and go and please ourselves. We're stopping God's life and purpose working in us on a daily basis with the choices that we make. When we choose something that we felt the Holy Spirit say don't do, we're stopping the benefits of God flowing to us. And we have a little bit of what the the world is we can gently turn our back and pretend God can't see I'm having a bit of a good time for an hour or two or three or four whatever the case may be we come back and we go and we feel bad for a bit and then thank God thank God that we bask in the forgiveness and freedom that's in him But he doesn't want us to use this as a, his grace, as a, a reason to go out and please ourselves and be who we want, what we want. He wants us to take it seriously, even more so. I mean, take one thing under the law, people were about to give a tithe of 10%. And now we know, we know that in Colossians, uh, in Corinthians, God says, what you've got to give, it's got to be at the generosity of your heart. People will give him because they have to, because it's a law. If they did give, they're in big trouble. They're going to bring a curse on themselves. 
But in Christ, God says, give out the generosity of your heart. Now if we recognise that, we recognise, this is incredible. It shouldn't make us give less. It should make us give more. Because we can bathe in the blessings of the life of God. We can bask in the freedom of being all that we want. And we can start bringing in all them promises that God has got for us. Instead of leaving them sitting dormant in us. Because we can please ourselves. And yet God wants us to draw everything that he's putting us out. But sometimes it's just a bit more comfortable just to sit in our cotton wool bed in the warm, enjoying our takeaways, knowing to worry too much. And when the people around us are struggling, you know, in our life in this world, it is the only time that we can actually make a difference. We're going to reap what we sow. We're going to benefit what we share. We're going, to, we're going to reap what we sow, church. And it's the only place in this life that we're going to benefit. Because not after this, we'll get our rewards and forward. But this is the only time, this little span of time that we're in, before we move into eternity... When we can make a big, 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 big difference. And we're all going to say, don't get me wrong, we're all going to say, oh, is that what I could have done? Is that what I look like? Do you mean, it was in me to be able to do that? Yes, 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 yes. All the promises of God to me are yes and amen. Can I do that? Yeah. But I thought about it. Something more? Well, you can do that as well. We're just passing through this world. We're passing through a lot quicker than we think we are. And the, the, the times are at hand in us. The times are here. And we, you know... Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. Everything that that means. Read it when you go home. Listen to it when it gets up on the, the podcasts. Think it again. I mean, <laughs> have an itch that couldn't be satisfied. An itch. And it wouldn't stop. I mean, that would drive you bonkers. That's just something silly. But that's bad enough. I mean, we have a little pimple on our arm, we scratch it. Oh, oh this is going to be some rough. I mean, guys don't get that. We mean most of the time. Jesus has redeemed us from the cursed. Christ, it says, Christ has redeemed us. When I, when I say that, it always makes me think of the Messiah, the Anointed One, has redeemed us. He's come and done it. And 
He's in me. And He's in you. There's a great scripture. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. So go and please yourself. That's what it says, isn't it? Go and please yourself. That's amazing. Choose life. Choose life. Stop choosing death. Choose life. There's two forces at work in the world today. Two forces at work in the world today that we're subject to through our choices. They are the spirit of life in Christ Jesus and the law of sin and death. Now we've got a choice. Which one are we going to choose? Christ has redeemed us. Jesus has redeemed us. But we have to make a choice. We have to honour this word. It's grace. There's no curse involved here, church. We have a spirit of life in Christ living in us if we've accepted him. But the moment we do something different, then a law of sin and death starts working. And you kind of walk forward and we're walking back. And we're walking forward and we're walking back. Depending on the choices that we make, we're walking forward and we're walking back. Because the moment we choose anything that's not beneficial to us and we know what it is, the life of God can't grow. Can't. Because we've allowed the law of sin and death. It doesn't mean we die. We don't die. We never die. We're born again. Nothing can change his spirit. I'm sealed forever. But my quality of life sucks when I make the wrong decision. And I'm stupid. I feel stupid for doing the things that we do. But when we are just allowing to live in us and we, we embrace all that God's given in us, the world is our oyster. I mean, we, anything's possible. Anything's possible to him who believes. Anything. Anything. And we'll have to pick up on this at a later date. But we are redeemed. We're redeemed by an incredible Saviour. 
that his blood is so powerful that we've been forgiven once his sacrifice is a once for all sacrifice yes I am forgiven tomorrow for the things I might commit tomorrow but that doesn't make me or free me to be a casual with what cost Jesus his life we need to embrace it with a passion and, and, and people who you know, people who don't know, haven't had this revelation, they're perishing. If Jesus come back, everyone of you know who don't know him, perish. Everyone. Father, we want to thank you and praise you. We don't take your sacrifice lightly in Christ Jesus. We love you, Lord. We thank you you've redeemed us from the curse. And all that the curse means, the law, sickness, death, that we have life in Christ. And we thank you, Lord. Thank you for this day. And let this change our thinking and our thoughts in Jesus' name. Amen.